Hello, this is my seventh attempt at doing this intro, so if you're listening to us, this means I've banged it out. Uh, I hope you're well, I hope you're happy, I hope you're healthy, I hope you're satisfied in all the ways that are good for you. Um, if you want to support the show, head to therobotsociety.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can use any of the links there to shop for Nike, or Size, or CBD1. Uh, you just have to buy, as you usually would, and we get a little percentage. How fantastic is that? It's a win-win. Um, now we have another guest this week, isn't that insane? We're really fucking tighten this ship up we've got microphones we've got intro music what more do you fucking want well after speaking with josh in la and yuki in new zealand we've now got far royale who's coming out of none other than kingston jamaica he's just recently released an album called underrated um it fuses a lot of genres and influences together to make kind of a sound that you don't really expect to come out of kingston but um there you go he was probably the highest man in jamaica when he made it for a number of reasons but most innocent of which is that he actually used a recording studio uh, in the Blue Mountains, which if you don't know what that looks like, you should look it up on Google, it's pretty incredible. But we talk about that and a lot of other stuff in the episode, so let's just go straight into it. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks, man. It's great to be able to talk to you. Thanks for giving me the time. Yeah, man, no problem. But how you doing, man? How's lockdown? Lockdown is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, go yeah totally unacceptable because then like bro i got goals you feel me and i can't do them all staying in my room and team mm. where, where are you locked down right now are you in london or are you back in kingston jamaica uh, i mean where are you right now i'm in kingston kingston how is it there um it's pretty calm i mean like people aren't really freaking out so that's good to hear yeah it's, it's pretty good like people aren't freaking out so if i'm out and I don't have a mask on or whatever the case may be, or if I'm around the Mandem or I'm on ends, then no one's like freaking out like, oh, you got Corona. Don't come near me. Rah, rah, rah. Mm. You get me? Are restaurants open and things like that? Yeah. But then like a lot of them, you can't stay and dine, but some you can. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I think it's probably similar positions then. How, how was it creatively? Did you find that you were quite productive over this period of having to stay in? Um, I don't think there's been any difference. I've always been creative. The only difference I'd say is I have a lot less chance to go and record. Mm. So like, yeah, they're there and I'm coming up with stuff, but I'm not recording as much. Capturing. It's just, it's become harder. Okay, I see that. So as in, so you released your project early June or, or how much of that final process that final creative process did you actually have to do kind of i don't know quote in quotes kind of in lockdown yeah before it was like i think it was done like uh, a month before everything went south okay right so a little while then yeah okay that, well, that's good to hear i heard you a lot of the recording was actually done in in the blue mountain upper peak kind of area yeah that must be surreal how is how how did that affect your kind of creative process i think I think naturally it just made everything a lot smoother and easier. You get me? Meaning, mm. like, I mean, it's a lot easier to breathe and it's a lot easier to think. So everything mm. kind of like automatically feels and sounds better. So whenever I'm recording something that's like massive or something that like, I just have a feeling like this is going to be special or whatever. 
and mm. that's where I go. Well, it seems to, it seems to be working, man. Yeah, no respect, man. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Underrated, your latest project, man. That's crazy, isn't? You're fusing a lot of genres on there. How, yeah. how is it trying to bring these genres that don't kind of traditionally mix with what the local Jamaican traditional sound? How how is that? Again, a little bit unacceptable. Mm. You get me, but then like I think that's the point. You get you go around and you see a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, complaining about the state of Jamaican music right now. Everyone's complaining. A lot of people complain about dancehall being like, oh. All y'all sing about is guns and sex and made up wars and made yeah. up flexing and still us and stuff like that. And then like the reggae acts, people are like, oh, y'all aren't really authentic. Y'all just saying this so you can get on really easy and stuff like that. Mm. Do people often mistake you? I just, I know that your image is often not traditionally Jamaican in terms of a lot of the rings and piercings and tattoos or whatever. I've just heard a lot of that. That's something that a lot of locals aren't really used to. So do they often mistake you for someone who's clout chasing or someone who's doing it just to build a fake image or are you actually able to get your message across properly? I think I get my message across. I mean, I think nowadays, especially for the last like two, maybe two and a half years, it's been more of a question. Like the question of authenticity has been more on, the dancehall purists and the reggae acts versus people with the alternative sound and look like me, you get me? Mm. Because when you're in a when you're in a crowd where everyone's in purple and you come out wearing red, no one's gonna look at you sideways thinking like, oh mm. you're not being real because you're the mm. only one that is. You feel me? Yeah, no, I I, I get that. So it's like we were saying earlier, the kind of the sound of your album is definitely pushing certain boundaries that haven't really been pushed in in Jamaica yet. What's it like trying to build an album like that while in Jamaica? Did you find that a lot of the production, did they kind of get where you were trying to go with this album? Or did it take a minute to kind of get them used to the sound that you were going for? I mean, the people that I made it with, I think they got it. I think they get it. Mm -hmm. Because then like, there are people that I know on that level. You get me? So I would say like, yo, dog, I have this idea and I want it to sound like Nirvana and Migos are in the same studio or mm. I want it to sound like Eminem in 96 with some 2010 50 cent. They're going to get exactly what I mean by saying that. Mm. You see me? So these are the people that I work with. And I don't get a question. I don't get questioned on my ideas or my approach. Like what I get more is like the um, the subtle, oh, I see where you're going. This is crazy, but I like it type vibe. Mm. You get me? So it's getting received pretty well over, over there. Do you find that it's kind of a generation thing? Do you find that generally younger people who are a little bit more open to those kind of like sounds are a lot more receptive? You know, well, I guess it's like that in any, you know, culture or any part of the world. Yeah, I think it's generational, but um, I also think there's a way to bridge that gap because mm. I have people in their 40s that listen to my music. Like the range is from like 16 to 45. Jeez. I mean, yeah, like I got listeners in their 60s, but like when I check my analytics, if it's accurate, then I get that high. But it's definitely a generational thing because you have people that just won't get out of 
the era that they're used to or were born in. And then yep. you have the other people that they're more open to the alternative sound. They're open to new things and stuff like that. So how how did you come across this sound? And what made you start this project and kind of point you in the direction that you're you're now facing? The music that I grew up listening to. I didn't grow up listening to dancehall and reggae. I grew up on hip hop and R and B and soul and pop music and stuff like that. And then like the dancehall and the reggae would be like on the side where I hear that on the street. I hear that on ends or. I hear that around my friends and stuff mm. like that on their phones or CD players or the radio. You get me? When did it become kind of, did it click that you're like, oh, like, fuck, I could actually make this music that I'm listening to or like I'm thinking of in my head. And, and when did it become a realization that it was a possibility? I think, all right, so it clicked at around 12, 13. And I started making it like proper proper making it and doing it i had around around 19 i started getting in studio like these are the sounds i want and this is the bpm i want Mm -hmm. and these are the kinds of bass and these are the kinds of drums and stuff like that and then i started like forming my own sound from then because i don't know i think it was this eminem interview that i watched from i think it was from 94 or 96 and the the basic gist of what he was saying was if you need a songwriter if you need to put on a face and be something that you're not then don't do the craft you get me Mm, so you just kind of click yeah it's like okay i can be me on a song that's awesome because then like if you're being you on a song and you you pull content from there then you'll never run out of content yeah exactly yeah so that's when that happened so in terms of like actually getting a hold of kind of um the knowledge to do it do you have anyone in your in your family or any friends that kind of turned you onto it or was it just like completely just something that even though no one around you had kind of started in music production did you just want to do it anyway oh there was no one bro like absolutely no one <laughs> you see me yeah that's crazy everyone, everyone everyone in my family is like either a doctor or a policeman or a, a soldier or a teacher you get me or i'm the only one that's that's doing music and it was weird they were like yo so why are you piercing your ears why are you stretching your ears out why are you putting on tattoos why are you growing your hair out why why don't you want, why don't you want to hmm. be a policeman just like your uncle's doing why don't you want to be a soldier like your cousins why don't you want to be a teacher like your aunt i'm like bruh well, what was that conversation like? How did you show them? You know, how did you show them that it was just who you who you were gonna be and how who you wanted to be and who you by were? Just, by just pure action, I just kept being me, regardless. You know them ones. So, like, I've had family, like immediate relatives, bro, that proper outright cut me off because I got dreads now. Jeez, that's great. I didn't realize it was such a polarizing thing. I didn't realize oh, that was something that. Now nah, it's mad. At the time when I started growing dreads, like just started, it was a thing where if you're doing that, automatically people assume that you lost your shit, like you're going crazy now or some stuff like that. Why is that? Is that is I'm obviously kind of ignorant to the whole thing, but why is it specifically dreads that they don't? I don't know. Like I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think if you want to go historical and subliminal, then maybe it's that whole was it. There was this thing that happened at Hope Garden a couple of hundreds of years ago. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I see. So there's some historical. Yeah, I think they like slaughtered a whole bunch of Rastafarians and like a whole bunch of beheadings and like all out slaughter on guys with dreads, people with dreads, men, women, and children. And um, after that, if you were seen in the streets with like locks or enough hair to grab, basically, then then, like you get chastised Mm. and stuff like that. So I guess like. The generation from the 80s and the 70s and stuff like that, they grew up with that fear in them of it and didn't want their children to have that thing because like, they grew up seeing what happened to people with with stuff like that. So I understand it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I understand it. It's something that I was completely ignorant on, but that's that's really interesting. I didn't realize there was that much kind of meaning behind it, especially when you look at a lot of people... um, who kind of broke out of that island in particular, as in Bob Marley being one, he was obviously a man that kind of iconically had a lot of dreads. So it's, I think there's a lot of a lot of people who didn't actually realise that was the state of things over there. But that's crazy. As in, I remember I came back with, I'm from, you know, the, the whitest family around, basically, and I came back with a, a tattoo one time and a nose piercing the other, and no one in my family had done that. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, my dad was just like, what are you, what's, go- yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Obviously, don't think it's to the same extent, but have you won them over now? Are they kind of completely down with it? Yeah. Can they see where you're going? I mean, I think so. I mean, my grandma's cool. My mom's cool. Um, I don't have a relationship with my father, per se. Um, his side of the family, I think they all look at me sideways. Oh, geez. I'm sorry to hear it. Yeah, but I'm good, though. I'm, I'm, I'm my own man. You get me? I was, yeah, I was going to say it's, it's nothing but inspiration for your project. Um, your project underrated. I like the I like the title. I saw a little explanation you kind of had of mm-hmm. of why you went with that, and I thought it was really interested in the idea that it's kind of I'd never thought about it, but being overrated is definitely far worse than being me, underrated. Like, so much worse, and it's like no one really gets that, right? Oh, you want to be the you want to be the mainstream overrated act that in reality ain't good that like you just get overly promoted but you're not really like actually talented the average man is not the average person ain't gonna go on youtube and look up said overrated artist they're gonna like type in a name like like flipping fire royal or slow time or, or yeah exactly some more some more underground yeah exactly it's definitely i think it's becoming what's cool you know as in chart music and, and pop music really? should i say or um it seems like it's had its time. There's definitely a lot of people who traditionally would have listened to the mainstream music that are now being turned to various kind of, I guess that's the internet. Have you, have you found that it's a lot easier to find a community out there with the internet than I guess if you're having to sell physical um, records? No, when I had to, when I had, when I, when, when, I mean like when I was younger and the, the CD era, I think promo was a lot easier <laughs> when I could like go to a store and I'd buy like a thousand CDs for the day and print like maybe 500 Mm. and while the other five, while, while the other 500 is being printed, I'm out like distributing the first set and stuff like that. Knowing they're going to be played, Mm. knowing that they're going to be heard and stuff like that. And in a sense, I guess that was, a lot easier because then like you get to see where it's going versus like you put it up and you just hope to get clicks is mm. it works though i don't think there's much of a difference but what i will say about the internet is 
it gives the average man a lot more, I'd say, what, you, what would you say? A lot more autonomy as it relates to finding music. Because then yeah. like, the only way you get music was from the radio or if someone would have pull up on you with a CD, like, yo, check this out. But then like, you got the internet now, you get suggestions from YouTube, suggestions from Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. And then you can go look up your own stuff, whatever you want and your own type of things and search for what you want. Yeah, a hundred percent. I was going to say, cause I obviously know if you were handing out CDs and that was the only way your music was mm-hmm. available, obviously I, you know, as someone here in the UK wouldn't have yeah, been able I mean, to get a hold of it. But at the same time, I do feel that like when someone comes up to you, you know, I've had it, whether it's Hyde Park or wherever in London and someone comes up to you with their mixtape and you start chatting to them and, you know, you end up getting a copy and you're talking to them. You do have a much better connection with that person and kind of almost like a, an attachment to their music instead of just like one of a million people on Spotify. You can just scroll through. Fucks. I was, I was going to say, do you want to go on to some quick fire questions? I just got Nike or Adidas. My favorite brand, Nike or Adidas? Nike. Nike's the one. Yeah, we've had a lot of people go for Nike. I don't think anyone's chosen Adidas. <laughs> yeah. What about your fav- favorite brand in general? Favorite brand in general? Um, it can be designer, it can be local, it could be, you know, whatever you feel, whatever you rap. I think Yves Saint Laurent's cool. I like that. What about, given that the album that you've just dropped is underrated, who's the most underrated artist that you know right now? The most underrated artist, me know right now myself <laughs> there you go big fact i'm right okay this one might cause trouble but what's what, who's the most overrated in your opinion most overrated bro drake yeah draken <laughs> you know what i had that image in mind i'm glad you said it before <laughs> before me yeah man yeah. that's all that needs to be said yeah. <laughs> you know, i don't think anyone can disagree with me but yeah it's it's, it's difficult because the guy is obviously very talented but it's He's um, he's on top of some meteorite that is just not slowing down. There's so many companies now backing him. Yeah, planes being built and things like that. It's yeah. it's yeah, man is yeah rubbed in your face. It's not like a people's choice thing. It doesn't feel like a people's choice thing. It's more like a oh, mm. take this in your face until you like it type vibes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we all have some artists that we think like that. Yeah. All right. So, um. Which other songs you think have the most or best impact in the in the UK? In the UK, that's a you know what, and it sounds kind of crazy. It sounds kind of crazy, but the first one that came to mind was probably "That's Not Me" with Skepta and JMA. Yeah, Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I'm one. Do you like that? Yeah. Get- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, it, that's, was it Skepta? That's not me. Yeah, Skepta and JME, the two brothers. That's crazy. That song's crazy. That's not me. There's there's no one out there that doesn't know a verse from that, you know? Is it me? Same with uh, Mando Care. Yeah, everyone Everyone knows that verse when it comes on. I I think I made a reference to that. I made a reference to that in um in energy. Oh, I rate that. I rate that. Yeah. I'm glad to yeah, I'm glad to hear it. London will definitely will definitely back you. You know, I was listening to it. I was listening to Sandboy uh, Freestyle, that song in particular. Yeah. That goes that goes hard. That's crazy. Yeah, my no respect, man. No, I like that. I will definitely be. Um, I'll be bumping that here in the UK for sure. Which are the um, which are the songs of the album you think would do would do best in London? Honestly, man, I'm I'm not lying. I reckon that one is is a good. Like, that'd be a good one to turn up to at some kind of you know. 
when it gets late into the night. It's got some good, um, yeah. You, you can't have no energy and listen to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to fucking move around to that. That's a good one. That's my- but yeah, much love, brother. Thanks for giving me the time. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. Take care. And there you go. Another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting, enlightening, fun. Even if you just came for the accent, you know, we've got English accent, we've got an American accent, we've got a New Zealand accent, a Jamaican accent, all in the space of three weeks. Do you know what I mean? Who else can provide that? No one. Uh, So if you want us to keep providing you with this kind of content, then head over to therabbitsociety.com forward slash podcast. Like I said in the beginning, all you've got to do is shop how you normally would, and we just get a little bit of money. Uh, and it's no extra effort to you how fantastic Um, I think that's everything Uh, I don't think we're going to have a guest next week I'll have to double check but it might just be me having a little ramble answering some questions um, about kind of the industry how things are uh, in terms of trying to break through to certain kind of places and experiences that you might have and might not have but anyway, until next week stay safe Lots of love. Bye-bye.